Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Best Pictures Podcast. I'm Ian, and this is Maggie. And on our 31st episode, we are doing the 31st Best Picture winner, Gigi. This is a 1958 musical romance directed by Vincent Minnelli, starring Leslie Caron, Maurice Chevalier, and Louis Jordan. It is based on a 1944 novella of the same name by Colette, and it is it about... It would be based on a novella. Sorry. That sounds I... like... Does Ian have, like, this deep, dark hatred of novellas? Well, it sounds like a French novella. <laughs> um, I mean, it's by someone named Colette, so probably. It is about the relationship between Gigi and her, I guess, family friend, Gaston, as she is trained to be a courtesan by her grandmother and great-aunt, I think. Think. I think it's a great answer. Yeah, because yeah. it's her grandmother's sister. I had a lot of questions in this movie about like why people knew each other and, and why people were hanging out certain places oh, and yeah, being yeah. like why Gaston ever came over to Grandmama's house. Yeah, I was like, like why is Gaston like, even here? What? Why does he know you? Why is he there? Why is he there so much? Just why, Gaston? Why? All I can think of is Beauty and the Beast right now. <laughs> I know, which honestly, I think I like that guest on better. Heads up, you guys, grab a knife and a fork because we're about to have a roast. Yes. <laughs> this was number 35 on AFI's Greatest Passions list, so Greatest Love Stories list. AFI, I have some words for you on that one. Yeah, um, about how passion does not like equate creepy. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, how like this this relationship was so sketchy in so many ways. It was kind of seen as like the final great achievement of the Freed unit, which was headed by Arthur Freed. And he was this producer who did a lot of like really big and famous musicals. Mm -hmm. um, his like really early stuff is a lot of what is incorporated into Singing in the Rain. I'm going to say I don't think I would not put this in like my, my favorite Freed unit films. Um, Corona's well, singing yeah. voice was dubbed. Oh, by of Betty course Ward. it was. <laughs> that was not super uncommon at the time. And we will have to do My Fair Lady, which mm -hmm. is also not a favorite of mine and has some very problematic relationships as well. Um, is it also French? No, you know what My Fair Lady is, right? No. Oh, that's weird that you don't know what it is. Okay, anyway, well, moving on. I, I, yeah. um, I have no business hosting thought, a movie podcast. <laughs> you really don't. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I'm just here to be your idiot. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I everybody needs like their idiot. Exactly. They, they can just love and feed wine to and look at strangely when they don't know what My Fair Lady exactly. is. But that was not an uncommon practice at the time where you'd get these like bigger stars who maybe mm -hmm. were like very good dancers because Caron, obviously a dancer. That's why she was an American in Paris, but right. like maybe weren't as good of a singer. So you dub them. It won... All nine of its Academy Award nominations, which was a record, I believe, until it was like a record for a clean sweep until 2003, Lord of the Rings. Um, I just I this was a question I was going to ask of the 1950s Academy, which was like, what what are you thinking? Considering the I feel like we've had a lot of oddball winners that like I was like, I don't quite understand why this one um i have the same questions for the like 2000s academy on that one um but it won for best director vincent minnelli won it won for best adapted screenplay it won for best art direction art direction i can see it won for best color cinematography which like it was fine I but i was not blown away that. i was not blown away by it though granted we just did bridge on the river Kwai before this okay but there were also some really good standout scenes where the combination of the costuming and the cinematography and the lighting especially like set things off in a way that i thought was gorgeous i mean it was, i'll talk about it when we get there we will and like <laughs> i i don't disagree that it was pretty it just it wasn't 
it was overshadowed by the rest for it you. It was overshadowed by the rest. I didn't think that the prettiness made up for all the other issues I had with it. And like Oh, agreed. But the art direction is not about the rest of the issues. It's yes, purely, that's true. Yeah. That's true. But and I just I just didn't think but... it was that pretty. Um it did win for costumes. That one I one hundred percent agree Good, with. Yes. That I hundred percent agree with. It won for best editing, it won for best musical score. And the editing was so meh. The musical score I could also Again see. though, I have such a hard time judging editing. Well, they did what? A lot of crossfade. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think that was, I, correct me if I'm wrong, movie universe, but I think that was typical at the time. I mean, yeah. And there were actually some, I, I, I can see the editing in certain places like doing well. Like yeah. the card playing scene is the one that stands out in mm-hmm. my mind for a lot of things. So I I could yeah. be convinced. Um, And it won for best original song, the song Gigi, which literally in the middle of that song, I was so bored and kind of disgusted that I got That's up. That's the first song, and, right? And no, 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 no. It's the one I think Gaston sings when he's like realizing that he's in love with Gigi. Oh, geez. Yes. Um, I got up and loaded my dishwasher and did a load of laundry during that song because <laughs> it was very long. And You've I was also seen it before. Very bored, very creepy. Yes, I have actually <laughs> seen this going into it. And I, I remembered it not being one of my favorites and I remembered it having an ick factor because I saw it when I was really young. Mm-hmm. But I was wondering if maybe a second viewing and like me being older would change my mind and it put you firmly Um, in the same camp you were (laughs) yeah maybe a little further in that camp actually um other nominees from that year anti-mame cat on a hot tin roof the defiant ones separate tables the only one of those i've seen is cat on a hot tin roof which i really like and which i think Mm -hmm. is i think would be a better best picture winner i think it treats on relationships in a much more mature and interesting way Mm-hmm. Um, I also looked kind of what else was out that year to see if there was like other things I recognized that I was like, oh, but like this. And there wasn't a ton. So I don't know if I just don't have as much background from that year or if it just wasn't a very strong year. Yeah. I mean, I can see how it had. Don't roll your eyes at me when I say this. Like it had some aspects of like a sprawling, large quote unquote epic production value. But, like but not really. Like that was another thing too. Like none of the musical numbers were that grand i mean ultimately i agree with you but like when you look at the sets and but, you look at but the location still didn't even, but so if we're talking about like that kind of like big like we're gonna call it an epic factor even though this like technically wouldn't call, call bleh, even though this technically wouldn't qualify as an epic but we'll, you know that kind of like big production value mm-hmm. aspect but if you compare it to something like an american or paris or even the greatest show on earth which both felt like really big oh, yeah. movies like this did not in comparison to those, no, but in comparison to the films that it was up against, I that's, guess. Uh, I don't know. But I don't. That is the, I guess, the fortunate and unfortunate thing is that they're, they like win in the context that they win. Yeah, I know. And like so. if, you know, there could have been something about it at the time, like we're in the 50s, we're in the middle of the Cold War, everybody's still like trying to pretend that everything's like bright and rosy. So we mm-hmm. don't really have like the social upheaval of the 60s yet. So like, Maybe that's all wrapped into why this was doing so well. You still have a lot of Hollywood like hanging on to that like old school mm-hmm. studio type, like the big productions, TVs becoming a threat. So I don't, I guess there's a lot of like outside reasons that this would be very appealing at the time. But to me, this movie was just so blah. Like it was, it was the two worst things a movie can be. <laughs> it was creepy and it was boring. Like, both of those together, to me, is, like, the worst. Yeah, I don't disagree. Like, the last half hour of this film, I was kind of like, okay, I know where this is headed, and the way in which they're getting there is not particularly interesting. Yeah, and, like, we'll we'll start going a little bit more chronologically, but 
there's, you know, there are so many issues with the relationship between Gaston and Gigi. Um, I mean, there are just a lot of issues with how Gaston there's and a lot of issues. his uncle, like, treat relationships in general. Yes, yes. Like, there is a ton of God. issues with, like, there is not a single healthy relationship in this entire movie. Whether that be between a man and a woman, a man and another man, or a woman and another woman. Like, none of, like, the, the grandmother-granddaughter relationship is fucked up. The grandmother-mother. Yeah, the like, grandmother-mother relationship is fucked up. Like The mother-granddaughter. The, the uncle-nephew yeah, uncle relationship, relationship is fucked up. Like, there's uh, not a single good relationship in this movie. But it's, like, not a commentary on, like, oh, look at all these bad relationships and the things yeah. it can do to people. Like, it's, the movie acts like they're fine. And that it's so romantic that this presumably really young girl marries a middle-aged man. Yeah. yeah like it's it's very icky and then the fact that it's icky and then boring because like all of the characters are so blunt they never change like they're i guess like you could argue that there's like a little bit of a character arc but like it's very very surface level like the performances are not great the music is gonna say that gaston had an arc i guess like because i don't think he did that's we why. Can, that's why I said slight wins, oh, but like, see, I don't even think there was any. <laughs> I, I, I would agree with you. I think there is an argument that could be made that there is a small one for well, it's both him and wrong. Gigi. <laughs> but I think their surface. I think their surface level changes. At I don't best. think they're. Yes, I don't think they're like intrinsic character way they view the world changes. Like they're not meaty character arcs that I can get behind. Mm-hmm. And like we've had movies that are problematic before or Mm -hmm. that like there are aspects of them that are uncomfortable or something like that but i feel like in a lot of them at least the ones that we've rated highly um i'm thinking like on the waterfront there's like kind of the gross scene between um the two main characters Mm -hmm. and like gone with the wind obviously the way they treat the african-american characters is not good Mm -hmm. but in both of those films there are other things that are so interesting about them and like they've had very significant impacts on like film and their legacy and they are like very like just stunning on cinematography like they had redeeming qualities yeah like they had other things that i could look at and that i can enjoy and that kept me engaged in the film yeah and this like i it didn't even keep me engaged i literally got up and loaded my dishwasher and did laundry because i was like in the middle of a song. There wasn't, like, much exposition going on but in But I didn't do that in American in Paris. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's very true. It's because the dancing was so good. Exactly. Like, there was other stuff going on. So that's but. just, yeah. Cool. Well, we should just dive in because I have thoughts on the very, very first yeah, scene. Yeah, it, it's, it's a strong opening on the creep factor. Yeah. Like, one, why are you breaking the third wall? I did not like that in the entire They do it, film. but super inconsistently. And right. it's the fourth wall. That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> You literally went to see a play this week. I expect I, I did, better. I did. I'm sorry. Um, so they did it in multiple places where it was like, oh, let me tell you what's going on the because uncle, we are, can't be bothered well, to like actually show you. Yeah. That is how I interpreted it. Well, so I think that's a very common setup for musicals, especially of that time. And I think there was a stage adaptation of this before mm-hmm. the movie. Um, but, but yeah, it did not it's, like. It's Maurice Chevalier's character of the uncle. His name's um, Honoré, I think. Yeah. Um, the shawl he, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he kind of like acts as almost an almost a narrator, but not fully. He's the one who will break the fourth wall and like yeah. talk to the audience. But he starts with this song that is Thank Heaven for Little Girls. And it's very creepy because at one point he talks about their helpless eyes. And how at some point they're gonna make you like go for the skies when they're older. Yeah. Like Yeah, so like sexualizing young girls. 
Not and cool. No, not cool at all. And then there's the line that is, thank he- the, the like refrain ends with, thank heaven for little girls without them, what would little boys do? Can we not frame an entire gender's purpose in the, by light, the, of in the light of the other gender or another gender? Like, yeah, yeah. I think I texted you and was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I this was not the only what the fuck moment no no in this no movie there's a lot me. of what the fuck there my notes are riddled with swearing <laughs> nice so yeah so not not pleased with this did not no, like this no. at all um, it was not very good. vibrant and the costumes were pretty there the we costumes go. that's were our gorgeous. that's our positive and like the way that they constructed the the different shots in the scene as a whole was pretty tidy but, but like a thing about was how predatory that song was. oh yeah because again he's like in his 60s singing about eight-year-olds that character is very gross because he talks to there's like his nephew gaston is like going out with this woman who's like 30 who's played by ava gabor who's fucking gorgeous and then he's like oh she's 30 she's too old i'm like it's ava gabor sir and, move oh god over. she looks older in the light yeah. so much older god i was like move over sir this is ava gabor but like and ava gabor was honestly like a highlight for me in this film she was the only person who's, whose performance had any life to it and seemed in any way natural yeah um but he's like tells him he's like oh you have to like stay close to youth because that's how you keep young and i'm like that is so gross it is so gross so we get introduced to Gigi, who's playing because apparently she's a child okay so i've been thinking about how old i think Gigi is over the course of this film because i'm gonna she's argue gotta be like 12 i think she's a little older than that but they definitely infantilize her at the beginning to yeah. try and i guess show this change but it just makes everything worse um so I I think the course of this movie, let's say it takes place over the course of like roughly a year. Yeah. Um, because there's a bit where they're talking about how Gaston's been away for several months. So mm-hmm. like I'm gonna say it takes place over roughly a year. I think that that character is 15, 16 tops. Oh tops. yeah, I can't imagine. And her that being would older. be saying that she is a very immature 15, 16. So if this takes over the place of a year, let's argue that by the end of it, she's like 17. Still so fucking gross. Like, it's so gross because Gaston is definitely, like, in his... Going on 17. That is fine because (laughs) the the guy (laughs) she's singing to is a year older than her. Yeah, that's... In this, Gaston's, like... 30. What, 30s? 30-something? They never say, but he's definitely, like, 30-something. Yeah. If we're saying kind, late 20s. Late 20s? That's very generous of you. Why are you that generous? (laughs) Because it's still gross, even when I'm generous. So, no, we're... Yeah. No, 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 no. But like we're just not about this setup at all. No, and I mean they introduced that she lives with her grandmother. There's some and talk her about mom. her mom's like an opera singer, but we not never successful one. And her grandmother's like really shitty to her mom and about her mom. Yeah, which I her grandmother's got like some baggage, which but they never explored. Like they set up some stuff with like the grandmother and the aunt because the grandmother has Gigi like super isolated like won't let her have oh yeah like, like basically no dance let lessons her make friends I'm not making the same mistake again like she quote unquote did with her Gigi's mother by letting with, her mother follow her dreams yeah. because like and Gigi even says like mother's happy though yeah and the mom's having like none of that and she keeps Gigi very isolated she makes her go to her aunt who is like this very successful courtesan to like give her lessons and like train her in like manners and stuff mm-hmm. and how to like recognize if you've gotten good jewelry from like okay your minus lover, the fact what do you call them patron kind of, your patron we'll say patron <laughs> um how to like recognize that stuff but no one is explaining to gigi really at least early on in the film what she's being trained for yeah and that is what really bothers me it's because 
from my under my limited understanding of history and what I've read with courtesans, the concept of like, yes, like you get the nice jewels and you get all this nice mm-hmm. stuff. That is basically your retirement plan. Like mm-hmm. that is your independence and your economic freedom. So that like when you are older and you're not, I guess, courtesaning, it's a verb now anymore, then like you have stuff that like if you need to, you can sell, you can keep a roof over your head, you can keep food in your mouth, you can ca- take care of like family mm-hmm. or children if you have them. The, like that is the concept around that so, is that it's like there's an element of independence and economic freedom yeah. to it, but they never, no one ever talks to Gigi about that side of it. They never touch on that right. side of it at all. And so it's, it's just, here's what you're going to learn these lessons for And Gigi's no even like, why do I have to learn this shit? Like yeah. no one's explaining to her what she's being trained for. And that really bothers me. No, it's not like anybody sat her down and was yeah. like, here's the thing. It's hard for so women in this world. Here's a way of independence. Into like, it. Without her knowledge. Yeah, and yeah. that really, it's a really does not sit so well So would you me. say courtesans were kind of like modern day escorts minus the preponderance on sex? No, because there was definitely sex. Okay. Like that was a huge part of it. So like the- Interesting. It would be, I would guess, I'm going to equate it to modern day, like super high, high level escort maybe. So like they were often very well educated. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to Renaissance times, even when you had, like, a lot of upper-class women, like, they were taught to read, but not, like, super well. Like, Mm -hmm. courtesans often could read, like, multiple languages and stuff like that. So they were very well-educated and, like, very well-schooled on, like, manners. Yeah, like, manners and stuff. And, like, there was an entertainment aspect. Like, yes, there was sex, but it was also, like, you were entertaining the person. Yeah. Like, you know, so... There's an intellectual stimulation. Yes, exactly. So like there, but again, no one's explaining any of this to Gigi. Yeah, yeah. and she's just like, oh, I hate going over to Aunt Alicia's. I which would is too. Pretty clear. Her aunt's pretty terrible. She is, but I also kind of like her. But I also, but don't. I also like didn't buy any of Leslie Curran's performances whenever she was over there because she would just like throw herself in a chair, and I'm like, there's no way that she Gigi like Gigi is supposedly not stupid. Which what I can argue, I was like, I don't think she says who. To Gigi's I don't know. Maybe she is because there was some, maybe she is just flat out stupid, but like she, I was like, there's no way that she would be just like throwing herself in this chair still. If she's been going to her aunt for lessons for all of this while, like her aunt definitely would have yelled at her every single yeah, time. And the did. way she does it isn't as like some form of defiance, the way they frame it. Like, it's just like, like I, there it was seems so to me like she, she had made zero progress after like years of going to her aunt yeah. and suddenly made all the progress. And, and instead of it being very clear that it was a deliberate, like active, uh, rebellion. It was yeah. just more. I'm just a young, flouncy girl. Yeah, which Leslie Caron is definitely myself. like the way she was playing it was felt too young. Yeah, because like I was like I think she's she's trying to, which may be part of the reason that the character feels so young. Like I don't know, maybe in the book the character's a little bit older. Still doesn't make it okay. Still makes it icky. But maybe in the book she's a little bit older, and because Leslie Caron, you know, would have been a. I don't know how old she was when she filmed this, but I'm going to say 20s. So maybe she's yeah, just like hamming like up the childlike aspect of it, which like makes it worse. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, big problems there. We also get introduced to Gaston, who his initial introduction just <sighs> set him off on the path of dislike. So he's in his apartment and he comes out and is like, oh, did you invest in X? And one of his servants was like, did you invest in this, uh, this railroad? Yes, it went up 12 points. I thought it would. And he's in the process of trying to buy an automobile. And so they're setting up this man as uh, a very rich. And he's also, like, I don't care, my boy. I'm like, really? You had this guy come over to sell a car and you're not going to give him the time that you asked for. You're just going to be like, make a decision for me, dismissive. Like, 
rich asshole. Also, Gaston's whole thing is he's like, all of these women are bores. Everyone's a bore. The trees are a bore. You're a bore, Gaston. You're a bore. And (laughs) boorish. He was so boring. I was like, why do people like him? Why do people want to be around him? I would not want to be around him. Is it just because he's rich? It must be because he's the worst. Oh, absolutely. So I literally have taking up half a page of my notes. Fuck Gaston. I mean, same. So it like it's clear they we have a conversation with the narrator i'm really sick we've had a couple of these like in the past i'm gonna say like five or six films Mm -hmm. where like the male romantic lead i've been like i don't understand why people like him like yeah i don't want it's not that they're even like actively bad humans like they're just so boring and like a little bit of an asshole but i was like i oh he's a lot of an asshole but like you know like they're they're not like monsters but they're like boring and not fun and stuff and i yeah. just like the entire time i'm like why why do people want to be around this person because yeah. i hate them i mean totally agree like i uh i just i don't know how to explain it but it's like the the, the song that he has with his uncle where he's talking um, about how everything's a bore and it's like oh what will the color will the trees be next year last year this year green oh boring like okay. i'm sorry would you like you us to change them all the time like- fucking rich to be bored well, it's this one is things, your fault. He, it's somebody who like does absolutely nothing to entertain themselves or make themselves happy, but expects everybody else and the entire world around them to do things to entertain yeah. them and make them happy. Well, and in this case too, normally, like I understand if you're in a position where you don't have the resources to like fully be happy or you have to like work around some life circumstances. This dude doesn't have to work, can travel the world. Like Makes zero effort. Like he, he's one of those. It's people, inexcusable. He likes wallowing in his own pity, like self pity. It's not a good look. I know it's terrible. So Gaston, stop it. We Just really don't like it. him right off the bat, and even don't like the. That's where we also get the flavor of the uncle, where he is, yeah, creepy, loves women like half his age or less. And um, as an actor, I generally like Maurice Chevalier. Oh, it's totally he's the usually, character. Oh yeah, because he's usually very charming in films. He like he can't save this character. Like this character is so gross. Really is. Now I will say we get some scenes um, with Aunt Alicia trying to tame Gigi. Is that? I guess you get Gigi running Um, away to the park and like huffing, and she sings the song about how she doesn't understand Parisians. Yes. Well, before that though, there were a couple lines of Aunt Alicia's that I actually did really like. So one, I honestly, in general, the dialogue. I mean, other than like the content and like the the general thought of the dialogue, I did not like. But like the way the dialogue was constructed Mm -hmm. was good. I think this would have been better if it wasn't a musical. Oh, totally agree. So the two lines that I love. One was bad table manners have broken up more marriages than infidelity. Yep. That was hilarious. Wrong, but hilarious. <laughs> and then the other one was great kings do not give very large stones. And yes, I was because like, because they do not Ooh. feel that they have to. That, oh, those were some really good some lines. Good yeah. So I, like, I do want to give props for that at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we get the I don't understand Parisian song, which had a couple of really pretty sh- shots in it. So like the they had put her own not, on, on the so bad. Um, the songs in this are not that good. They're really not um, framed kind of in the circle of the couch, and we had her flouncing about the city and looking at statues. She's also in dressed love. a lot like Madeline, which that's really. I'm glad I wasn't me. the only one that saw no. that. <laughs> well, she's supposed to be a child, remember? I, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it happens that. 
uh, Gaston drives by. And then it's like, he's like, so excited to see Gigi because he's like, Gigi's not boring. I find her so entertaining. And I'm like, maybe you should find some inner entertainment, Gaston. Maybe you need to take a look at your own happiness instead of trying to foist it on everyone around you and being pissed when they can't deliver. Also, it's creepy that you're like, the only woman I find entertaining isn't actually even a woman. It's a girl. Like, no. (laughs) Bad Gaston. I did appreciate their banter, though, because Gigi is just like, fuck you. I'm going to say what I want. And she does. So I appreciated that aspect of it where it's like she's, um, I'm trying to remember exactly what she said in this scene. It would have been so much better, though, if she wasn't acting like she was like 12. I mean, very true. Very true. Could have had that love story with her being a reasonable age and it would have been so much better. Like 20? Yeah. Have her that be still like would have tw- been like, well, I have no room to talk. Mm. But um, but you did not know your husband who is much older than you when you were like 15. Yeah, true. True, true, true. You guys met as adults. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. When fair. you were your own independent people and had like <laughs> experience and life experience and it wasn't like this weird power dynamic. Yeah. That is That is the difference. So when mm. we talk about the age gap, like we're talking about how it's icky that like there is such a large age gap. He knew her so young and that there is a transition from her being like, it's this child of my friend to now I want to sleep with her. Yeah. It's that weird. is that is the part about mm-hmm. the age gap that is so troubling. Yes. Now, we do get an introduction to Gaston's current Paramore. Eva Gabor. Who I don't know the name of the character. Is amazing. It started with an her. L. Do not care. She's Eva Gabor. Leanne. Leanne de Dextra. She's some, fabulous. It's a French name. Um, <laughs> but she is at the rink skating with the skating instructor, giving knowing glances to the skating instructor. And I, I do Get love, yours, yours, girl. I mean, Get yours. yeah, she should, because Gaston's not giving it up. Of course. Um, but I just love, again, Gigi's dialogue here, where she talks about how Leanne is common, as in both coarse and what uh, What was the other word? Cheap, probably, I think. But, like, the thing is, I don't like that because... It's putting down another woman. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. For no re- for literally no reason. Like, there's no reason for Gigi to be saying those things. It's literally stuff she's just heard from her aunt. And, like, she and her grandmother, like, they're, they're not rich and or wealthy mm-hmm. or anything and there's a nice line apartment some, though i know it was so red and i it really okay red. so let's talk about the sex direction for a minute that apartment was too red but it did set off Gigi's felt like we were blue in the room and white really well but i felt like we were in the room i don't like when people are wearing blue in an all red set it really bothers my eyes i mean i kind of really bothers my like, eyes really liked it, it gives me a headache it could have been less red but I did like the contrast. I don't mind the, all the red furniture, but the walls don't all have to be red, too. Um, and velvet, too, it looked like. <laughs> it, look, Technicolor should not be abused. That's all I'm saying. Oh, it's a cool it technology, so but do not abuse like, it. It was like eye candy. That one was like too <laughs> sweet, though, where I was like, this now tastes like cough syrup, and I kind of want to get It's like artificial cherry flavor. Yeah. Um, where was it going? Oh, but there's a line her grandmother says where she's like, Gigi's not like other girls. She's special. And I'm like, how? Like, Oh my God. But this she's whole not. movie is a riff on the I'm not like other girls trope. It really is. But I was like, but she's not. Like, ever, there's nothing about Gigi that I've seen that tells me that like she's special and should be treated any differently. What should actually be happening is we should be treating everyone with respect and not teaching Gigi like, oh, you just call this person calm. Because there, there's no way she knows that woman well enough to be like, she's common. Like, she's just saying that. She's repeating what she's heard or Exactly. Read. Like, I mean, none of it's Gigi's fault because like, it's Nobody's literally just how her. she's been raised. Like, yeah. but like, it, it, it bugs me a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. 
Yeah, I agree with you completely. There's like not a single good message from this movie. Yeah, I I'm struggling. I like part of me was like, oh, Gigi can just be herself, but, but at can't. the end she, she was can't. not herself. She doesn't get to be herself. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So anyway, we get that introduction to Leanne. Then we get an introdu- introduction to Maxime, Maxims, Maxims. Oh, the the little club place club, yeah. that I couldn't really. Yeah. Put. We get another wonderful fourth wall break by Uncle mm, Honoré. Honoré, yeah. And I'm like, why did we do this? One thing in the scene that I really did like though is the contrast between Uncle saying nobody cares about what anyone's doing here and then the way that they kind of cut the music back and had all of the background actors stop as you had couples walking in. And then they'd whisper as they walked by. And then they'd immediately gossip. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of a cool directorial choice, I thought. Yeah, I thought that worked. That I really liked. It worked well, but the transition into it was so clumsy. I think that was one of my biggest issues with the songs is that by and large, the songs are not great, but like the transitions into them are so clunky. Yeah. And like, yes, it's a musical. Like there's a bit of fantasy to it where you have people just bursting out into songs. But I think about something like Singing in the Rain, which mm-hmm. was like a few years earlier and like how smooth they are every time they go into a song. Like it, it's by and large very smooth. It works very well. Think about Sound of Music. Oh, how yeah. How smoothly they just it go into the song. It flows with the thing. But yeah, this like did it, not. it flows with the score. It flows with what's going on. It flows with the dialogue leading into it. Like mm-hmm. the way the songs start feel very much, or I guess I'm not going to say very, because again, it, like it's just people bursting into song in real life, but like it feels more organic. And this mm-hmm. felt very like, stop. And we have a song now. Stop. Hammer time. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking wish. Oh yeah, that would have been fun. Um so again, did want to give it some some yeah, also credit then, for that. Then the scene. whole time Gaston is like pouting and he's like, She's having fun. That means she's not thinking of me. Maybe that's an issue, Gaston, if your girlfriend's having fun and you're immediately like, She's having fun. She can't be thinking yeah. of me. Maybe, Maybe this is some self-reflection time. Like Maybe you need to like you should be more fun. Dwell on that thought. Maybe you should be more fun, Gaston. <laughs> Maybe you should be less of a drag. Like just a thought. And then maybe if you're just like trying to be less of a drag, people will like you more and hang out with you more and then you'll yeah actually have genuine fun like it's and just genuine friends not just a creepy uncle yeah it's a thought gas yeah he he has no other friends than the creepy uncle and this random lady who's like young daughter he develops a crush on Those exactly are... but also is she re- is he really friends with grandmama or I does he no just want her camera to i want to know how they met i bet you anything he used her services oh shit bet anyway <laughs> oh i wonder if he met her through his uncle potentially they had a history Yes, they have a history. So that makes some sense, but still, no. Um, Okay, so that song ends up, we get a scene in a gorgeous Art Nouveau set with the uncles getting a shave and Gaston complaining to his uncle about how Leanne is cheating on him. Um, Okay, cheating is wrong. No one should do it. But Gaston, maybe (laughs) if you were a little less of a drag. (laughs) I'm so glad that I wasn't the only one that had that thought. I was like, should I blame the victim? To go to the hot skating instructor. <laughs> Who, by is all so accounts, so much more is, attractive. Yes, they were bad mouthing him when they go to confront them at the and quote I'm like, unquote end. <laughs> Dudes, you're just jealous because they look are. at that jawline. And let's be honest here the skating instructor is the one that won in this uh, oh, God, con- yeah. I, conflict. I'll, this was like the one time I actually laughed too. So they basically they go like spy on her, which I was like, oh, let's talk about like maturity and patriarchy and toxic masculinity. Like, this is the fucking definition. Well, he hired a PI first, which is horrendous. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, why don't you just talk about it like an adult? No, Ian, because that would be too logical and correct. Like, it's the way all of these adults treat relationships in this movie are not how adults treat relationships or how adults should treat relationships. Like, literally, the lack of communication is astounding. And like, but the thing is, like, you could do a movie and have the relationships be like that and like make it a commentary on that and how that's not good and how that's toxic. But no, instead, we are force fed this sugar coated supposed happy ending. Ugh. Yes, thank you. <laughs> That's how I feel about that. Everyone enjoying your roast? <laughs> it's great. So anyway, they talk about it, and this is where the uncle is like, oh, you must cause a scene and do all of this crazy stuff because, of course, like, what I was realizing at they about treat, this point— The uncle especially, he treats relationships like a battle where there has to be a winner yes. and there has to be a well, loser. and it has to be public because of the, like, implications on the society pages. Like, yes. that's the big component. And at this point, I was like, oh, they're playing, like, this weird political game that I'm, like, not here for. No. At all. it's stupid. It really is. Like, who fucking cares? That's a question that I know the answer to. But <laughs> I don't fucking care. So, obviously, no one else matters. It's all fun um, and games <laughs> until somebody gets genuinely hurt. And there's a lot of people getting genuinely hurt. Yeah, we'll get hurt. to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, so, they confront Leanne and the skating instructor. Well, and I like that she has left the table and they go and confront him. And basically, Gaston's like, like the guy's like, I don't know what you mean. I accidentally ran into her. And the uncle says something about like, oh, yeah. And your lips happen to accidentally fall onto her lips just then. But anyway, the guy, Gaston, is like, I will give you a thousand francs to, like, get on the next train and never come back. And instead of just, like, breaking up with the woman who probably honestly would, like, be better off without him, as would a lot of people in this movie. But anyway. He causes a scene. But I love that the guy, like, because they try and pick him up by his arms and he won't go. And then he, like, puts the thousand francs in front of them. And he's like, thousand francs? And he lifts he his arms. He lifts, and then he counts them, puts them in his pocket, and then lifts his own arms for them to grab him by the arms and take him out, so yeah. that they can still do their little scene. But so he let's gets go his for a second. Francs. This this skating instructor not only has been siphoning off money from Gaston for the skating lessons while sleeping with his girlfriend. He got to sleep I mean, with I'm his saying, girlfriend. I feel like I'm saying girlfriend generously because, like, that's not really that arrangement. You know, like it's his paramour. Yes. Better. Um. He then gets a thousand francs just to leave. Yeah. He won. He won. Let's be honest here. (laughs) He's the only person in this movie who won. Yeah, you're right. He didn't have to deal with any of those assholes. No, he got to leave that shit. Ugh. Ugh. So anyway, we end that scene with Leanne screaming in the club because obviously we had to have the uncle's prediction about the women always screaming come true. Like, no. No. Everyone in this film has too many emotions, and I need them to all please calm down. Yeah. It's a far too emotional crowd for me. I'd be like, nah, I'm not I'm not here for this. Yeah. Agreed. I'm totally gonna go agreed. hang out with Gene Kelly selling paintings on the street. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Different film, but we won't. Slightly different era um, too. <laughs> so next scene, just as a warning for those of you who would not like to listen about suicide, we're going to be discussing a little bit about that. In the film, in the context of the film, and the problematic ways that it uses that. Yes. So, so just quick feel free warning to like there. Fast forward a couple minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, after Leanne is done and screams, we cut to a scene with Alicia in her bedroom, which is so fucking pink, like way too damn yes. pink. And she gets off the phone. Again, and let's not abuse the Technicolor. Uh, uh, exactly. That was abuse. Full on abuse. But apparently, Leanne has attempted to commit suicide. Yes. And they, the way they say it, because I remember the first time I watched this film, I thought she had like 
when I was like a kid, I thought she had actually well, killed yeah, herself. Because she then, said she's committed suicide again. Yes. And then the person with her says, how did she do it? And she goes, oh, the usual way, insufficient poison. Yeah. So the or idea is pills that, or something Yeah. Like the that. idea that they're expressing is that Leanne has like attempted suicide but in a way that she knew she would survive almost as as a way to draw attention. And there are so many assumptions that are going I don't into even know how to, treating it. I don't way. even know how to express how wrong that is. And who knows, maybe that is historically accurate and that was the thing that was common among that level of society at the time. But it, it is still doesn't treated read well here. No, it is still treated so flippantly. And like all of the assumptions that are like Ian said that are going into that about like Oh, she was just doing it for attention. Oh, like, this is a common thing. Oh, we don't need to talk about, like, how shittily she was treated or, like, yeah. any sort of mental illness that actually might be going on there. Like, that they're assuming it's for attention. She, it was on attention, that she did it on purpose, and that it wasn't an actual real attempt, and that, like, she really needs help. Like, there's so many problems with that. It's And such it's lack so, of empathy it's, for yes, another from every human. character. Like, because even the uncle, like the uncle congratulates Gaston on yeah, he's like your first scene. suicide. And he's like, to many more and cheers with some champagne. And and like, no one there's the not like fuck? literally not a single character in the, and like let's okay, let's say for a second that that was historically accurate and that was the thing that happened all the time. In order for that like, all they needed was one character to be like, that's fucked up, dude. Like, you know, like, they just needed one character to comment. They needed Gaston to show a little remorse and be like, that's okay, which would have made his character more likable. Yeah. Like, but there's none of that. There's absolutely none of that. And it's really, really, really disturbing. And now literally every single person that was a part of these conversations, I'm like, you are completely and utterly bereft of any sort of and ethics I'm like, oh, or care so for your these fellow are the, human. These are the type of humans that you are pushing Gigi towards. Great. So happy for Shishi. Not at all. <laughs> like, like, what the hell? It's it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. It's okay. infuriating. That that like really ruined the rest of the film for me. Like it was kind of a downward slide, it's like, it's and like now the we've just fallen on off the, the cake. Cliff. It's like, okay, this was already so bad, but now we're just gonna jump the shark. Fine. Yeah, not great. And so to like again contrast this whole discussion with how little oh. Gaston actually cares. Yeah. So for anybody who needed to skip that little section, we're done. We are we're done good. now. We are not going to touch on that part again. So. Exactly. Um, to but to put that into stark contrast, now we see Gaston just like partying it up because, and like renting and, out the opera. And they try and be like, "Oh, he didn't want to do that. It's what his uncle told him he had to do." You were a grown ass adult. You can make your own damn decisions. You are you not have Gigi. The capital. You are much older. Yes, and you have the cap. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, can we take a break so I can just go vomit a bit? Um, I mean, here I'll just give you like a trash can. We It'll needed like a chuck bucket for this <laughs> film. Um. But, like, he has his own capital. He, like, doesn't... Like, he does not need to do this shit, no. but he does it. Because he apparently has, like, no thoughts of his own and no identity yeah. outside of what his uncle tells him he has to be. But, again, this film does not ever explore that. They do not ever be like, hey, look at this t super toxic relationship between relatives. Let's watch this man struggle with it and then triumph over it. No. He just goes with it. Yep. And the best part or worst part, depending on how you want to frame it. If we're saying um, best part in, like... Best worst. It's like the when somebody's like, I just love how. <laughs> that exactly. is this entire movie for me. It's like, I just love how this awful thing happens. Yeah, like how he's asleep at every single one of his social engagements. It's like, to the, why the fuck are you even doing them if you're not going to enjoy them? This is why no one likes you, Gaston. This is why you have to hang out with your creepy uncle and this old lady and her underage like granddaughter. This is why this is your social group, Gaston, Ugh. because you were not fun and no one wants to be around you. No. 
least we, of all me, but I have to be for the rest of this movie. <laughs> so he does finally, after this like kind of montage of events, which I will say the art in the Parisian Life magazine. Oh, it was, was very pretty. Really pretty. Yeah, yeah. So I love that. That Art was Nouveau. really cool. Um, um, still hate Gaston. Yes. Always. <laughs> um, but he just shows up at uh, Grandmama's apartment again for whatever reason. We have this really awkward conversation about He hangs about around so much and he never gives a good reason as to why he's there. And it's really yeah. weird and I don't like it. And it makes me uncomfortable. It's just to hang out maybe. But also but I really appreciated in the scene how Grandmama was taking advantage of him. Because she, she kind of gave this smile and then talked about how she couldn't get goose. And then he was like, oh, I'll have some But again, this is like another fucked the... up relationship. Oh, absolutely. She's like, I'm going to siphon all the money off of this guy who's hanging around for I don't know why. And I'm going to like give him my underage granddaughter. Like, Okay, minus the second part, I'm all for it. But like, just why? siphon off the money. It's but fine. Why? Like, that. No one's motivations in this movie are clear. Like, yeah, no, no one has a motivation that I am like. I understand it. There's so much of these characters. I'm like, who even are you? I don't know what. I don't know what a single character in this movie wants. Like, I don't know what their hopes, their dreams are. Especially Gigi. She's the title oh, yeah. character. We and are have, supposed to understand her. I have no we fucking. We get surprisingly little screen time with her too. Oh yeah, she's she's the title character, and I know nothing about her hopes her dreams her goals what she wants i know nothing about her as a person like i could not just like someone was like i met Gigi today describe her to me or like something i could not like i do not know her and that that's another thing i don't like the fact that she's our title character and yet her entire existence is framed through like gaston's bizarre quote struggles Agreed. Because like him complaining about having to spend his money and go do crazy things like go to Monte Carlo or I'm the so beach. sorry you have to Ugh. go to Monte Carlo, Gaston. So sorry. Cry me a fucking river. Yeah. If you I don't want to go, don't, don't go. Don't go. But anyway, Gigi bets him at cards that if she wins, he has to take her and to the grandma to the beach and she, she wins. wins. Now, okay, for a second, I want to dwell on the scene for just a smidgen. When she climbs um, in his lap. No, not that part. Not that part. That's the creepy part. I'm talking before that. Oh, yeah. Like we don't want to dwell on that part, but it happens. Yeah, it happens. Um, stop dwelling, Maggie. God. It, there's so much wrong. <laughs> so this scene, I actually enjoyed the way it was edited, shot, and colored. It's the, the night they invented champagne song? It, well, before that. Yeah. So the scene leading up to it and the night they invented that was the champagne part, song. That is the part while they were playing cards because there's the bit where he's drinking champagne the grandmother won't let Gigi have any. And I'm like, if she's too young to have champagne, she's too much young for you to be training her as a courtesan. I mean, yes. Um, But he like slides it over to her very smoothly. She takes a sip and slides it back very smoothly while the grandmother's back is turned. Uh-huh. And like their dialogue in that scene, that's when I was like, this would be so much better if it wasn't a musical. And, and they instead used, well, if it wasn't a musical, obviously just blanket if she was older and he was younger. I'm going to still say it. Cause blanket. I want to drive that point home. Um, <laughs> but like, then they could have used all that time on like, kind of shitty songs to actually develop some character which would have been great yes but it was really pretty the way that they had some some good non-creepy characters Ian. they had some really good contrast in the costumes against the like painfully red background the lighting was actually really good in this scene too 
which in Technicolor, I'm starting to kind of like get my feet under me for what I consider good and poor lighting. But this yeah. was actually really well lit in this scene. And there's another one coming up that I, yeah, I want to highlight that. Yeah, it's not a bad scene. That. I do like um, the, the whole song's concept great. of the night they invented champagne for us. It's the afternoon they invented rosé. <laughs> uh, yeah, we didn't. Uh, we figured it would be better to just split half a bottle of wine instead of a full bottle of champagne. We thought about it. We were like, <laughs> we should probably drink champagne while we do this. And then we were like, no. <laughs> no, Recipe for us devolving into even more ranting than we already have been doing. Yep. Um, so that was a fun song. And then they do go to the beach. They go to the beach and the uncle's there and he's like, I've never seen Gaston so happy. Oh, Gigi makes him so happy. And I'm like, it's an issue that that is the only thing. It's an issue that that is the only thing that makes him happy. Oh, totally agree. I mean, we did get some like. But like, again, Leslie Caron's like easily in her 20s. So mm -hmm. it feels weird that she's acting like. Young. Yeah. I I really wonder if the character of Gigi is supposed to be like. 18 and she just i don't actually i don't think that i don't think that wouldn't have made it better for me it wouldn't have it really wouldn't have like she needed to be more of her own person i feel like i feel like when you have like that's always icky i mean that's just always icky i was about to say like i think it's even worse if you have a child like an adult acting like a child but like it's still the same level of icky it's just all icky it just annoys me when you have adults acting as children so that's a separate issue um there were some, there was some like comedic relief here in some like kind of well-constructed fun scenes. Like the tennis scene is the one that I'm thinking about. I thought it was so poorly acted. I was like, Leslie Caron, <laughs> please stop flailing. Yeah, this she could flail so, a little less. It's so non-realistic. But her like contrast character who the uncle was trying to go after. I loved her. She was amazing. There's she was over all of it. This woman just standing there in full like... Victorian. 1900s regalia yeah and she's not moving and she just swings her racket and it hits the ball every time and then the guy she's playing against one time hits it too far out of her reach and she just watches it goes and then like looks back at him like and then he's like the i'm so sorry i know i was oh, like was so i great. want to know her story yeah, same <laughs> but like there is one scene and is this between grandmama and uncle? Yes, where we find out that they knew each other and they have this whole history. And he was like, oh, I really wanted to marry you. And I got basically he's like, but I couldn't let that happen. So I went and slept with this, like, what was it, a countess or something. And they have this song. And it is the only song in the film I really like. But I thought they did it too fast. I thought they needed to slow down the song. And I did not think the performances of the actors were good in it. But I liked the I I like the lyrics of that song. I've I've heard it performed better, and when it's performed really well, it's a very nice song. It's called "I Remember It Well," and they're basically like going through the last night that they spent together, and he's being like, "You are white," and she's like, mm, "I was wearing blue," and like basically they remember it two different ways. Well, and he's and like, he keeps I being like, "I well. remember it well," and mm-hmm. he says something wrong, but it's when it's performed well, it's kind of like this endearing, funny like bittersweet reminiscence between these two people who had this like really in-depth relationship in the past, but it felt so rushed. And I was like, that is the relationship that if it was done well, I would like want to watch a whole movie about like, that would be so much more interesting to me to see like these two people who like reach this point later in their lives where Mm -hmm. they're like, we had this thing, like let's reminisce about it. Let's talk about it. But like, there's never any indication that like they might get back together, you know, like it's zero, which is sad. Exactly. Like that is, I, I think if you took that song and made that a short film, I would absolutely love it. Yeah. Like, better acting. It could be a really good Disney short or a Pixar short, I should say. It'd be so good. It I was picturing really it good. in black and white and like Fellini style because Ooh. I recently watched Eight and a Half. With... 
We got to watch the Fellini yeah, together. I'm it's game. Trippy AF, and I understood like half but I of love it, that. but I loved it. So um, that's the other scene where I think the lighting, the coloring, and like the way they set up the shot was that actually really beautiful. That was my favorite really scene in the movie, but I was not perfect. It had oh, flaws. not perfect. Visually, I thought it was near perfect. I wanted more movement. I mean, I wanted them sitting on a little, but the like calm. But I wanted it to be twilight in the moonlight on a little bench and well, a little garden. It was basically garden. twilight. No, but it was like sunset by the seaside, and I wanted it on a bench in twilight. But why? In, how would they have gotten in there? Nighttime in the garden. I don't know. That's just how I pictured it in my <laughs> head, and that's exactly what I wanted. <sighs> this film didn't ever yeah, give sorry. me anything that no. I wanted. Left you, left you totally. It was totally blue lacking. balls. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> I'm glad you said it, Cin- not me. Or cinematic blue balls. That it was so better. bad. Um, so they get back to Paris. Apparently, people are talking about how Gigi and Gaston were very friendly. I think, it's, at the I beach. think it's weird that everyone now knows who Gigi is, because before she was yeah. supposedly a non-entity. But it's, I guess, it leads into that conversation later where the grandmother is like, "Any woman who is seen out with you now just by default gets a reputation." Right. And Gaston doesn't see this. And again, that cemented my, like, you don't care about fucking anybody but yourself. And you just don't know. No, and I don't even think he cares about Gigi. He just cares about how Gigi makes him feel. Right. Because they have that whole conversation a little bit further on when he's talking about marriage. And she's like, if you love me so much, why are you putting me in this position? Because she understands all of the pressure and role that she will have to play being in the Because at that point, somebody has finally told her and explained to her what the fuck is going on. And do you want to just skip to that scene? Because I don't think there's a lot in between that that really happens. There's a lot of like, will they, won't they with Aunt Alicia. Gaston goes away. Yeah. Gigi is now fully being trained they've explained to her what she's being trained for because Andalisha has this realization where she's like i think there could be a thing here we need to take advantage of it so they're like we're going to train fully train Gigi, make her aware of everything she needs to know and we're going to kind of push her at gaston as his mistress like this will work and gaston at first is like i'm insulted that you would think this and he sings that really horrible song that i did laundry during and the shots there were kind of pretty <sighs> Like there was this one really low shot with a couple lamp shit. Maybe lamp I didn't fully register them because my eyes were rolling too much. <laughs> but like again, this is where I think the the cinematography thing. Like I can yeah. see how they would have won. But like that. basically, he like talks to Gigi about it, and you can tell that she's been put up to it by her aunt and her mother. That she's not ready for this conversation. That she again, like even said, like feels all this pressure, knowing what is going to be expected of her, and knowing knowing how it will likely end. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's like calls him out on all of the other women that have been in the tabloids of the time about how, yeah, oh, the American that wanted to marry. Oh, this woman who stole money from you. Oh, this one that almost shot you. Like, yeah, she's like basically like I. And he's incredulous about her knowing. Like, he's like, has, he, like, what? He, yes, how do you know he this? He says to her mother, God. she goes, you told her too much. And I was like, no, hold no. the phone. Hold the 1900s phone. <laughs> They were gorgeous phones. They were gorgeous phones. They were bitch to use. But I was like, you you cannot get mad that Gigi is scared because she knows all of the truth. He's like mad that they told Gigi enough for her to be scared despite the fact that he's done all of this stuff that would give her good reason to be scared and to be worried because Gigi genuinely cares about him and she knows she's being put into this position where she's yep. going to have to perform a certain role, behave a certain way, will get talked about a certain way in the press and by other people, will now have that identity attached to her for the rest of her life. And that it will probably end and it could will likely end very messily and very mm-hmm. horribly, especially for her. 
Yep. And he's mad that she's scared. Yeah, it's the epitome of selfishness. It's horrible. Absolutely horrible. It really is. And then we roll into an equally horrible scene with the uncle about how the uncle's like, oh, do you, is it is it about the deal? Is it about the money? And like all of that bullshit, which let me tell you, I was a little bit taken aback, but I shouldn't have been. Well, I should have seen it coming. She's also so young at this point. You're like her aunt and gra- or especially her grandma is definitely getting uh-huh. a cut of that. And that is really great. Like Gigi is not like it's like a all woman the worst in her aspects of a dowry. Yes. She's not like an actual like independent adult woman oh, in like first dowry. Let's Sorry. say she, let's say if Gigi was like 25 going into this arrangement mm-hmm. of her own accord, knowing everything okay with it, like able to look after herself and is like, I'm going to do this because this is what I want to do. It makes mm-hmm. sense for me. Then there's no issue. The fact that she's being pushed into this by other people and being taken advantage of by people, including her own family who are so much older than her and who should know better and who are not really that concerned with her well-being. Her grandmother says a couple things, but I'm like, you say you care about her enough to do this, but you don't care about her enough to do this other thing that is actually super important. Like, I feel so bad for Gigi. Yeah. It's she's a pawn. Yeah. With zero control over what's going down. It's, so it's so sad. Not great. Um, but anyway, we the the rest of this. I love sequence, how this film is technically classified as a musical romance and it's like a horror film. I mean by mod- by modern societal standards in the US at least, yes. <laughs> by mine and um, Ian's standards at least. It's well, a horror we are, film. Modern we fit United all of, States. We fit those categories. Raised yeah. people. So <laughs> um but there, there's this whole will they won't they this entire time. And so but it's not even that strong of a will they won't it's they. It's really not. And, well, the, the one she then like decides that she's gonna do it. Yes. And so she gets in this okay, kick ass dress. Mm-hmm. Like that was a total Iconic. highlight. Iconic. It's this beautiful white dress. It's like hugging her and thin it's got little the, waist. The it's the very plain. It's on got the shoulder. The like oh, off the shoulder with these like black feathers. Gorgeous like, dress. Beautiful. And Leslie um, Corona is beautiful. Oh, oh, she absolutely. She looks amazing. Oh, earlier in the film, Annalicia said something about how her face was so plain and know, like so like, wrong. And I'm like, shut up. the fuck up. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking alone. about. Um, so anyway, Gaston takes her to Maxim's. Um, and this is where I was like, I don't know what's going on. I get so mad. I I am so mad at Gaston for him getting so mad at Gigi over stuff that is not Gigi's fault and then not explaining to her why he's oh, mad. Exactly. He he basically gets mad at her for playing the role that she has been taught to play in order to be his mistress and living up to yes. the expectation. Yes. So like pouring the coffee, picking out the cigar, you see this like Being look like, of derision on Gaston's face. I don't want the present now. Face. I'd rather dance with you. Yeah. Like making a big deal out of the present he gave her. Like she's doing all of the things that she has been told to do that like aren't honestly all of the things that are expected of her in that role. And he gets mad at her for it. And I'm Gaston like, never, doesn't know what the fuck he wants. He doesn't know what he wants, but he just knows that that's not it. And he gets mad at her for not being able to read his mind. Yeah. So, but then he won't tell her why he's mad. He just physically drags her out of the club. She is so confused, and he drags her home and is like, "I don't want her anymore." And Gigi is confused. She is crying. She does not know what's going on. No one has. She's told also her. a child. She's also a child. There's no reason for her to be going on. But if if he was 29 and she was 25, this would also be an issue. You know, like. 
if they were the same age, that would also be an issue. Yeah, because like, it's abusive. <laughs> it's abusive. If you were mad at someone, you should be able to express why. Or yeah. if you cannot currently express why, you remove yourself from the situation, you figure out why, and, you say, and then you talk to we'll them We'll talk calmly. about it later. Like, You're like, I need to process this. Can we talk about this later? Like, it is, it is, again, horrible. And, like, then he, like, storms out. Gigi's sitting there fucking crying. Then he comes back in. He like decides that he loves Gigi. He's like, I actually want to marry her. And I'm like, Gigi, run, Gigi, run, Gigi, run. Because he's going to cheat on you, you know. Like, oh, obviously. Yeah. He will definitely cheat on her. He will definitely drag her out of a club again when she makes him angry. And like, who knows? Maybe you won't miss when you shoot him. <laughs> like, the, that one paramour did. Like, it's, they frame it as like, oh my God, how romantic. He decided he loved her enough to marry her. And it's like, or now I'm just really worried that this woman is now just caught in this abusive relationship that she cannot now illegally or not cannot now legally escape easily. Because when you're a courtesan, if you don't like your paramour, you take the jewelry and you fucking run. Like, but now she's legally married. Yeah, now she's legally married. And I'm again. sure that you would need your husband's permission to divorce. And in who that knows era. how long it is until he's like, I'm married to her today. I'm married to her yesterday. I'll be married to her in a year. What a Boring. bore. <laughs> Yeah, and so we end with a, like, oh, isn't that so sweet from the uncle in the no. same setting as no, the beginning Honoré, song. No, it is not so sweet. And I was like, it's disgusting. what the fuck did I just watch? It was really pretty. The costumes were really amazing. Pretty. And the, the story narrative was, was at the very least cohesive. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I, I'll take that. There we go. Now, there are the three cohesive in that we didn't Should know. Should it have won nine Oscars? No. No. Should it have won Best Picture? No. But again, cohesive in that we didn't know their motives and didn't know their motives and continued to not knew their motives and never knew their motives. I mean, there was never anything where I was like, other, like I was often like, who is this character? Like as an individual, as a person, like what is, what is their soul, their essence of a human being? But I was never like, I don't know who like this character's name. Why are they here? Like there's nothing like that. Yeah. Which is good. I guess. I don't know. Also, I feel like that's a minimum bar. It's such a low bar. Like that should be the bar. All movies pass. Well, you're being very optimistic. I can't be optimistic <laughs> after this. Anyway, moving on to ranking. I mean, Maggie, I might surprise you. This might be a top 10 for me. Bullshit. I'm calling bullshit <laughs> right now. It is actually at number 26. For reference, we have watched 31 movies, so it is in the very bottom. Um, it is ahead of all the King's Men and behind Cimarron. So... The reason it is behind Cimarron is even though Cimarron was extremely problematic, it had redeeming qualities. There were things you could hold on to that you were like, if this wasn't so problematic, it would have been interesting. Yes. Like the way that it... So it's problematic, but not boring. Right. Gigi, on the other hand, was just like totally problematic the whole time. No character growth, nothing of that sort. All the King's Men was an editing disaster. This was actually well-constructed and a whole hell of a lot prettier than All the King's Men. So, I, yeah, again, so, like, if we look at my bottom five really fast, oh, sorry, I have to go a little bit deeper than that. Bottom six, my uh, 31st is Broadway Melody of 1929, 30th is Cavalcade, 29th is The Greatest Show on Earth, 28th, The Great Ziegfeld, 27, All the King's Men, and 26, Gigi. Yeah. Um, I am putting it higher than you, but not a whole lot higher. It is my new 23, so right after Hamlet and right before you can't take <laughs> it with you. I thought You Can't Take It With You had some structural issues. Like, I I enjoyed that movie more, but I thought it had some structural issues. And I can't really say that Gigi had, like, inherent structural issues. So yeah. most of the things I have below Gigi had, like, just inherent 
structural issues or like nonsensical aspects of the plot or something like that, you know, but it is the lowest of my cohesive films for sure. And like Hamlet, like we were not the biggest fans of Hamlet, but to me it was visually more interesting. It was like more like the performances were just better. Like there were layers there. Like I like it was it was definitely more interesting to me. It wasn't boring the way that Gigi is just boring. And I wasn't personally offended by Hamlet. Although, I don't know, I may have said I was in the episode. I mean, parts of it were personally offending uh, to you, if I recall correctly. But it at least had an interesting take on Hamlet. Yeah, like it was, I felt like somebody had done something cool and different, even if it didn't always land with me. The cinematography in that was amazing. Yes, and people who like try and do something different, even if it doesn't land with me and if it doesn't succeed, like I am... I always appreciate that, I think, mm-hmm. or at least I try to appreciate that. And I just, Gigi was nothing new. The songs were meant, like visually it was fine, but nothing super blew me away. Um, the performances were not good. The characters were awful. And like the entire, I was going to say the core premise, but no, literally the entire premise that this film is built upon is like awful and never commented on like there's there's yeah. just not and there's nothing to redeem it from that like mm-hmm. we, i've said we've covered problematic movies in the past but there's always been like something else to find interesting or like they've been this sounds weird but problematic in an interesting way that maybe like made me really think about some yeah, stuff it's been like, but, like of the age this felt very like antiquated I, this, even this for felt movies bad even for the 50s yeah exactly yeah. A hundred percent. Like when I look at something that like a few years earlier, like on the waterfront, which like it has some not great relationships in it, but like they're nuanced and it's explored and like, like there's, there are things there that are like interesting and that like make you think and are realistic. And I was like, this just sucks. Yeah, really does. So anyway, not Sorry a fan. to anybody who likes Gigi. If you do like Gigi, like please write in I and tell us why. I actually do understand why. Because I, I bet it, I, I bet that there is something about musicals of that era that could be very appealing to people. Not necessarily to me, but I bet there's something about the style of musicals from that era. Cause like I mentioned yeah. my fair lady earlier. I know that's one a lot of people love and I just do not like that film. So I wonder mm-hmm. if there's just like something about that style that's very appealing to some people that does not land with me. Yeah. Same. So I, not my cup of tea. Don't really recommend this. People watch it. Now I will say like, we are reading this with a very modern lens. So, hey, maybe there's some redeeming qualities. But like we said, I, even for the, the late 50s, I'm not and sure. And we've had, like, we've had films that have problematic relationships before, but that just haven't felt this. I think it's because there's nothing underneath it. Like, there's nothing beyond that with any of the characters. Like, there's yeah. nothing other than, like, how shitty they are about relationships with other humans that we learn about these characters. Like I literally know nothing other other about these characters. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm literally trying to think why Gigi liked Gaston and wanted to marry him. And I cannot come up with any reason. Because, because if you asked me to describe Gaston's personality, I couldn't. Well, his personality is rich and boring. Exactly. And like, that's not a personality. <laughs> Like it's like And Gigi was did not care about the money. I think obviously. All of, because like, and there have been characters that are problematic that we've had in other films that I've liked because like there was again, like they were an interesting character. Right. Like, um I'm trying to think of an oh, Scarlett O'Hara. Scarlett O'Hara is a problematic character, but she's very interesting because like there are layers and you have like Well, and she has clear motivations. She has very clear motivations. There is not a single clear motivation in this movie. Like there's right. just nothing to these characters to even grab onto. Like, I'm fine if the character is not a good person as long as they're an interesting character because, like, right. that is that is still something that you can watch and you can learn from and mm-hmm. take something from. Yeah. 
So not the best. No. I have a feeling that I, well, I know you have opinions about the next one, but our next next film is Ben-Hur. I'm curious to see how you like it. It's not my favorite, but I don't hate it. I mean, it's more white people playing folks from like. Oh no, it's the problematic. East, right? Don't get me wrong; okay. it's problematic. Great. Oh, for sure. You know that's it's really a Charlton my favorite Heston thing. biblical era of film. I don't actually love that. I think it's extremely problematic. <laughs> it's extremely problematic. Um. <laughs> no, no, no. It's problem. Don't get me wrong; it's problematic. It, it, there are some very interesting things about it, and there's some very cool technological stuff about yeah. it. And I have some fun stories because that's another one I saw really young. But there's some fun like. Maggie mishearing stuff is like an <laughs> eight-year-old there. Cool. Well, then that will hopefully be more interesting than this. Yeah, I think it will be. So. I'm curious to see how you like that one. But yeah, so uh, until next time. You can find yeah. us on social media. We are at Best Pictures Pod on Instagram and Twitter. For longer form, you can email us in at bestpicturespodcast at gmail.com. Again, if you like are a huge fan of Gigi, I would really love to hear your take. Please do. And like, we are not judging you as a, hu- I, oh, we did not no. like this movie at all. We are not judging you as a human being. If you did like it, like I would just, I would love to understand like what aspects of it you find very intriguing and very mm-hmm. different. Um, Cause like, I mean, I, as we've said before, these are our personal opinions. Oh yeah. Like we, well, and part of why we do this is to kind of broaden our, like opinions of things and, and yeah. why we see things the way we do. Yeah, so. exactly. It's it's fun to examine stuff like this. But yeah, so also rate, subscribe, review, especially rate and review. That helps us um, move up charts. It helps people find us, which is always fun. So yeah. Thanks for listening and uh, join us next episode for Ben-Hur.